Matthew, you unmute. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Jill Ingalls, licensed practitioner with the Center for Spiritual Living White Rock. We're an inclusive, we're an inclusive learning center of practical spirituality based in White Rock, South Surrey area of British Columbia, Canada. We practice and teach tools for transformation, authentic self-expression and conscious living. Wherever you are on your path, whether you are soaring or struggling, there's a place for you here. As we begin our gathering today, I respectfully acknowledge that I live on the traditional unceded territory of the Coast Salish First Nations, including Semiamu, Katsi, Stolo, Wasanik, and Kwatlin. What a privilege. So let us anchor our time together in truth and love and I invite you to turn within. Turn within. And I remember that there is one power, there is one presence. It is everywhere. It is everything. It is everyone. This magnificent livingness, it lives throughout each and every one of us here today and through all life, everywhere. It is magnificent, it is good, it is love. And each of this love and attributes are expressed beautifully through each and all of us. And today I am so thrilled to be able to share this wonderful time together, this gathering together, as we gather together in the love that we are, to learn, to share, to expand, to grow, to welcome this wonderful, wonderful minister, Reverend Savannah, who will express the love that she is as we join together and enjoy this time together. So it is with great joy and gratitude that I release these words to the law of mind, knowing that it is good, it is so very good, and I let it be, and so it is. Now I would like to introduce our wonderful guest speaker today. Reverend Savannah Noel Riker has served as a staff minister in spiritual community since 2014. She started her spiritual path at the age of 16 in Denver, Colorado, became a spiritual counselor in 2010, and is the youngest ordained minister in Centers for Spiritual Living. With an ex extensive background in youth leadership, global outreach, facilitation, and speaking, Savannah has served on a diverse array of councils and committees for over 15 years and has spoken at events in London, Vancouver, and Cairo. My goodness. She completed her master's degree in consciousness studies while living in Egypt in 2012 during the revolution for eight months, pursuing her passion for global ministry. 
You may, ha may have seen her face on the cover of the February 2015 edition of Science of Mind magazine, where her article, The Sacred Amidst the Shadow, was featured. She continues to lead retreats, teach, and speak in communities throughout the U.S. and the world. Savannah resides in Seattle, Washington, and is an assistant minister at Amazing Grace Spiritual Center. Welcome, Reverend Savannah Riker. Hello, hello. Good morning to all of you. It is so good to see you this morning. Uh, I have to say that uh, you are a lucky community because you have such an incredible light, uh, Reverend Cassandra. Uh, we don't know each other uh, deeply, but I know a bit about her work uh, here down south and uh, you are a lucky community. And I just wanna say to uh, Linda, thank you for uh, shaping this, this space and the container for this talk. It was so beautiful. You practically brought me to tears. And uh, I think that's, it's so important, um, especially right before uh, going into a talk like this that uh, we feel grounded and um, the sacred space that we feel the presence. And I absolutely feel that this morning. So uh, thank you for having me. And uh, my topic this morning is uh, one that I think is very pertinent for many of us this morning. It is about how we, we find the opportunities in crisis. In my life, uh, every crisis that I've experienced has brought the most incredible opportunities for me. And within every struggle and every hardship, every challenge, we don't always know that there's potential there, but there is potential there. There is the space for a new perspective or idea for the integration of perhaps a quality that uh, we are seeking to experience. And often I have found uh, in my own crisis, when I am still enough to listen, that there is a power within me that is far greater than the problem. And as we know within the science of mind teaching that this is a power for good. You know, crisis uh, lets us strip away the things that simply don't matter. And it helps us to recognize and remember beauty and joy and what is truly important. And so I've been thinking lately about the power uh, and love, um, about the power for good and love and how we need both of those things to transform the world. Joseph Campbell said, opportunities to find deeper powers within ourselves come when life seems most challenging. Negativism to the pain and ferocity of life is negativism to life. We are not there until we can say yeah to it all. I was watching uh, Netflix recently and, and came upon this documentary and the documentary is called My Teacher, the Octopus. Have any of you seen it? Yeah, there's a bunch of nods. Yeah, so this is the story, if you haven't seen it, of a scientist, of this man who befriends an octopus uh, and he goes and dives down deep into the, the ocean every day. And over a period of many, many months, uh, he starts, this octopus starts to get interestingly comfortable with his presence to the point that it will uh, notice that he's there and come over and linger around or actually lay its tentacles on his body. And of course, eventually as nature 
does, and as with the nature of nature, this octopus finds itself in crisis. She uh, has learned how to adapt herself uh, by um, surrounding herself with shells or different things in the ocean so that she is camouflaged from uh, different threats, right? And so uh, she also is trying to do this to avoid getting eaten by sharks or other um, sea life. And so at one point in the film, and I promise you, I'm not giving anything away, she uh, manages to get bitten by a shark and a, a portion of her tentacles um, is gone. And so the scientist is out there for about 250 days. And a hundred days later, after the octopus loses parts of her tentacle, she has grown her tentacle back fully and she has fully recovered. And so he shares with us that he noticed a few things about this you know, experiment and about this friendship and relationship he's had with this octopus is that it's the intelligence of this creature that they fight like hell until she defeated the shark uh, with her cleverness and by outsmarting it. He also noticed that they make decisions quickly when they're faced with danger and that her body was able to heal itself. And so I was thinking about this in terms of our lives and how we are so much as human beings like nature and that life is speaking to us all the time and that the sea forest speaks to us and life is uh, truly vulnerable in moments, right? And, and that we have this divine intelligence that lives within us that is informing us all the time. And it's usually informing us uh, in the silence of our own hearts, but it's also informing us through challenge and crisis uh, it sometimes informs us through fear. And so for many of us, what I've been experiencing with my congregation and with many people in my community is just uh, this fight or flight, this feeling of survival place that many of us have found ourselves in since COVID. That it's, it's tricky to make decisions from that place, from a clear place. But I truly believe, and I know that this teaching aids us in understanding that we have the power to heal ourselves and the world. And so it, it has made me ask the question, can we use this time right now to come back to the simple and the pure and the beautiful things about life? It taught this scientist that we are all interconnected, that we are not just visitors here. And so it reminds me that so much of my life is just looking at everything as a divine assignment and nothing more. So what if we were to look at our lives as this next thing that you're going through or that I'm going through is, this is my next assignment. This is my next divine assignment. And how can I use this moment right now as an opportunity? Most especially, how can we expand our awareness to reframe the challenges that we experience? We know in this teaching that thoughts are things and that we are co-creating with a power far greater than this egoic mind right here. And so there is something within each and every one of us that can reframe the narrative that we have been telling ourselves about the challenges that we're facing. You see, our challenges activate latent potential. We know we do not live a challengeless life. It's how we carry and hold those challenges that shows us our true bravery. 
So what I'm learning on my path uh, in ministry in business and people in this fluctuating world where change is so prevalent right now and the events and happenings is that sometimes things just have to fall apart. Sometimes things just have to fall apart and sometimes we have to just let it fall. We have to let ourselves fall apart to discover that there is potential in the breakdown. There's something about the breakdown. You know, many of you probably heard that in the breakdown is the breakthrough. And yet we're so concerned with holding ourselves together. What if we were to let some things go? Because what I tend to do is I overfunction. My overfunctioning and my need to have everything held together by my agenda or my ego, um, you know, this desire that things have to look a certain way actually might prematurely prevent the flow of the good and the opportunities and the amazingness that could come to me and to all of us. And so maybe we and I just have to get out of the way. I have to get out of my own way. And the next thing I think that uh, crisis uh, brings to us is it brings our fear right to our face. And I've been looking into uh, recently some words of uh, Dr. Michael Beckwith, uh, who I love, and he talks about how we must learn how to navigate and handle fear. Because fear is this thing that grips us. It keeps us from expansion, from creativity, and it, it keeps us from um, the ability to be available to what is truly possible. And so sometimes I find that we forget that we are eternal beings. We forget that uh, we are infinite life. And as Michael says, we have to bring the timeless into time. And we do that through our meditation, through our spiritual practice, through our prayer work. We do that through practicing the presence. We do that through being in the presence of the now moment. And so we get to choose to be the architects of our own lives. And that means we get to focus on the type of world that we wanna create rather than the one we don't. Because you'll notice if you observe your own life, how much time do you spend watching the news and focusing on the things that are breaking and not working as opposed to the type of qualities that you wish to bring about and embody and experience in your daily life. So during challenge and especially as the world is watching, I know the United States right now uh, for next week in this upcoming election. The question I've been posing to myself and others is, can we find moments of grace? In the midst of that, can we find moments of grace? Can we uh, look at our fears? Can we um, transmute that energy into uh, the world that we wish to create and see because the power of our intention is so vital right now. Dr. Jim Lockhart, uh, a great uh, colleague of mine, uh, he said recently, we do not lack information, which is everywhere. What we too often lack is the willingness to discern the quality of that information and then to step forward and engage from a place of power and love. Just talking about what is wrong or doom scrolling through social media is not going to move us forward. 
We need to know what is happening, where the threats are, find strategies with which we can align to create better outcomes, and then work to bring those strategies to life. So he's speaking to the power of what I just was saying of our intention, of our focus, of the world that we wish to create. In the Tao Te Ching, in the pursuit of knowledge every day, something is added. And in the Tao practice every day, something is dropped. So how could this crisis, any challenge that you might be experiencing right now be serving you? How could this crisis be serving me? So much of the world, uh, particularly, I would say this country, America, where I am, has always lived in contradiction, uh, not necessarily integration and in a house divided because, and you know, change upsets the status quo. And so recently we've had so much upset. And so that's why it's important to bring in the love and use the power for good that we know to change the world. And so that means we get to live in the now moment. Can I, I loved it so beautifully, uh, what our uh, Georgia said recently in her meditation about living in the now moment, about breathing into the now moment. Because in this exact moment, right now, there is no past or future. It is just the now. And there is nothing wrong. In this moment, there is nothing wrong. And I just love that, to just be in that for just a moment. Marion Woodma said that healing depends, healing depends on listening with the inner ear, stopping the incessant blather and, the, and listening. Fear keeps us chattering. Fear that wells up from the past, fear of blurting out what we really fear, fear of future repercussions. It is our very fear of the future that distorts the now that could lead to a different future if we dared to be whole in the present. If we dare to be whole in the present. I can just breathe that in. You could just breathe that in with me right now in this present moment. All is truly well right here and now. I remember many years ago, uh, back in 2012, I was standing in the midst of hundreds and hundreds of people in uh, Tahrir Square in Cairo, Egypt, in the aftermath of the Arab Spring, uh, when Egypt you know, had its uprising. And I recall the feeling uh, and the tension in the air and what I was experiencing there is so much like what I have been experiencing lately. Uh, it was a volatile feeling. Um, it was this sense of uncertainty and unknown that anything could happen at any moment. And it was this constant ongoing anxiety within me. And it to me has felt not only what this moment is like, but this entire year of 2020 feels that way to me with the exception of an actual revolution. But you could call this year perhaps a revolution of sorts that we're going through, a revolution of the mind, uh, perhaps a revolution of new ideas coming, of the old structures are falling away, things that no longer work, a revolution of how we treat one another and how we connect with each other. You notice how uh, technology is so important to us now in order to be able to connect with community. And that experience, in that square and just living in Egypt at that time 
taught me so much. It was such a rich experience. And out of that came so many opportunities for me to travel. Um, the magazine, of course, came out of that uh, experience. And it gave me a perspective that not many people had experienced at that time in our human history. You know, it allowed me to understand um, how much work relationships can take uh, with cultural and language barriers, uh, not getting or understanding cultural norms or, you know, the expectations of women. And it gave me the opportunity to explore, you know, repressed anger and rage that I had living within me from my childhood years ago. It truly tested how strong I am. And it taught me humility and about sorrow. It showed me how willing people were to die, to die for their freedoms. It gave me far more joy and a chance to feel my aliveness and, and experience because of this crisis that I, mind you, willingly walked into. I chose to live there at that time in my life. And so I have so much appreciation for the breakdown. I appreciate it because it forced me to trust that there was something greater planned for my life. It forced me to trust that there was something far greater going on. And so we have the opportunity now to trust that there is something far greater than maybe I even can comprehend right now during this unknown time. And so if we just take a look closely, we will see that in the midst of our crisis is the opportunity for something to emerge. And usually it is right in front of us. Something that needs and wants our attention perhaps for healing and ultimately for us to remember. And so I wanna summarize this with a few points here. There is a power within you that is greater than any problem or crisis. There is a power within you that is greater than any of the, the crisis and the challenge and the problems in the world. And life is always speaking to us all the time. Can we find the opportunity in it? Our challenges activate our latent potential. There is something that's wanting to emerge. There's a quality or an aspect of spirit that is wanting to emerge in your life. It could be more patience. It could be uh, more love. It could be uh, slowing down. It could be um, self-care. What is that quality that is uh, seeking to emerge in your life right now? And sometimes things just have to fall apart. And lastly, can we live in the now moment? In this now moment, we can use both the power for good and the power of love to harness our energy and intention to that which we, we want to experience and create. And so we get to remember that this day. And so I want to close uh, with a poem and I do not know who it was written by. It's an anonymous poem. And it speaks to everything that I've talked about this morning and it speaks to just where we are at this time, I think. So I invite you to close your eyes if that feels good to you or to just take this into your heart. Teach us to listen to the silence posed by unanswerable questions, to the silence imposed by the rupture of safety, and to that most 
frightening silence when we can no longer find you anywhere. Help us to remember. When the memory is too distant and when the memory is too fresh, when the memory is too painful and when the memory is too dull, when the memory is too horrible and when the memory is too mundane and when we cannot remember, remember for us, inspire us to act with extraordinary courage in ordinary times, with ordinary goodness in extraordinary crisis, and with unbounded imagination that dares to risk the possibility of hope, teach us, help us, and inspire us. Listen to remember and to act and never to quit. Amen. And so it is. <laughs>